bullshit, Billy. What do you want? I told you before, this stage is no place for your personal shit, man. That's life, man. Life my ass, motherfucker. This is a business, and you ain't too far gone to see that yet. I told you before, you're not packing them like you used to. Nobody digs your music but yourself. Fuck off! Yeah, okay. Just like your old man. Yeah, you got it. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not blind. Look around you. No one's digging you. Oh, buddy. What a fucking waste. But, like father, like son. Lay off that. Let me give you some good advice, Junior. Your music makes sense to no one but yourself. kid and like I don't know like second grade who would be like whose thing was like that's so fake like that's so fake like if you're watching like a cool movie where like uh, I don't like a werewolf's head got pulled off and then a bunch of worms came out and you'd be like dude this is so sick even though like of course it's fake like this is not reality tv this is a movie with like a werewolf who had worms inside of his body right like but this kid had this impulse to be like, that's so fake, that's so fake, right? Um, I'm thinking about that as, like, a junior version of, like, I get power from, like, aligning myself with hegemony. You know what I mean? Like, with, like, normative power structures. Um, in the same way that often when there's, like, a bunch of white people in the room, um, somebody will, like... Like, when it's, like, all white people in a room, somebody will just say something racist and, like, kind of expect other white people to be like, yeah, totally, I'm a racist, too. Um, I've just been... I've been thinking about that impulse to be like, these special effects don't look expensive enough to me, right? As being, like, tied up in these, like, reinscribing of normative normative power structures in a, like, bunch of complicated ways, like not just about, like, I know what's real, like, not just, like, I'm in charge of that, but also in a, like, like I said, like, reinscribing, like, special effects need to look expensive, right? Like, movies need to look realistic in order for me to care about them, right? There's this, like, kind of faux realism, or I forget, I feel like there's a term for this, like, novels or, like, art needs to represent reality in a very realistic way that is super consistent with, like, empiricism, right? With this idea of, like, science doesn't know everything yet, but we're getting there, so we might as well believe that science knows everything, and, like, what that means is that sort of common sense understandings of what science says trump, like, people's lived experiences. You know what I mean? All that fucking shit. I've been thinking about that stuff in, like, how it relates to movies, I guess, like, the movies that I'm excited to watch, and basically building a... theoretical infrastructure for defending watching movies which are kind of you know dismissed by the culture at large and I feel like you know we have other ways of understanding stuff we have like the outsider art 
uh, box that we can put things in, right? This is made by weirdos, and we have the, like, punk thing, which, like, has its own set of rules that can be about, like, something looking scruffy or fucked up, kind of on purpose, often in a really codified way. I've also been thinking about how often writers talking about, like, weird fiction as a genre feels kind of pretentious to me. Um, and I think that's because I'm coming to it from an outsider perspective, because I guess what I'm getting at is that I've been thinking about the movies that we've been excited about here on Image and Classic, Image and Watch's Classic Films as weird movies. Not in a, like, pretentious, like, weird as a genre inspired by H.P. Lovecraft or weird as, like, a movement kind of thing, but just as, like, weird shit in its sort of, like... I don't know, like, like a very basic understanding of the word weird. Um, and I bring this up because, uh, Prince died, right? And that sucks. Um, like a lot of people, I don't think I really appreciated Prince as much as I should have until he died. Um, and now I'm a little bit kicking myself. Like I always kind of felt like I'll get more into Prince at some point, but he had this huge like body of work that always felt super intimidating because he just kept putting out records and so like I can't say like I've always been a huge Prince fan per se right but I can tell you that um since god this was probably 2004-2005 um actually I can even back up before then so we have a thing now where everybody's stoked on like 90s hip-hop and R&B and like that's like the music at a party right you go and you listen to the 90s hip-hop and R&B and everybody gets stoked um when I was in college when I was younger because I'm old now um we our thing was 80s music we would go to like 80s night at the fucking what was the bar called the Melody I think in New Brunswick New Jersey there was it was always 80s night, and, like, the Melody, uh, if it was the Melody, I don't know if I remember that right, that guy, Matt Pinfield, who was, like, an MTV VJ, I think, was a co-owner of the Melody Bar, and it was kind of gay, and also had hardcore shows, and I was afraid of it, like, I would go to 80s night, but, like, not really know what to do with myself, except binge drink, um, because I, like, didn't know shit about myself and didn't want to know shit about myself, or wanted to, but didn't know how to want to, you know, that whole thing. My point is just, um kind of always like put Prince's music in the like folder labeled 80s music right like it was just like kind of like you would hear Kiss at the bar and you'd freak out or whatever um and this dude who I worked with in New York was like it came up for some reason at one point and he was like dude you have never listened to the Purple Rain soundtrack and I was like nah dude it's all like you know like cheesy keyboards and like dorky whatever and he was like no dude you need to listen to the Purple Rain soundtrack. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And he was like, no, I'm not fucking around. Like, he was very serious about the fact that I needed to listen to the Purple Rain soundtrack. And so he burned a CD of the Purple Rain sound soundtrack for me. And I, like, didn't listen to it for, like, probably a couple years. This was back when we all used to travel around with, like, CD spindles of all our, like, burned CDs and, like, CDs that we had lost the case for and, like, scratched up, fucked up old, like, mixed CDs that people made for ourselves and for each other. Um, I bet you could have nostalgia for that era, actually. I might be having a little nostalgia for that era right now. Um, even though it was terrible, like, plastic garbage, whatever. But my point is just, eventually, and I don't have a clear memory of when this happened, but eventually I listened to the Purple Rain album and I was like oh, fuck, that dude whose name I don't remember was right. Like, that dude knew something that I, like, had no idea how to even conceptualize because 
here's the thing. I have been like a pretty wild enthusiast for the Purple Rain soundtrack for a bunch of years. Like, I feel like that is a record that I could listen to like five times a day, every day until I died and just keep freaking out about it. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know like what that magic is. I'm not fucking in charge of it. I, I just like, dude, it's so good. And I feel like, you know, retroactively we can talk about the ways that like aesthetics line up with the aesthetics that we'd like and I feel like uh, somebody was telling me that somebody was talking about how like as far as they're concerned like Prince was a trans lesbian full stop and they're not interested in any other stories about Prince and I you know I'm not here to tell you about Prince right like I feel like you can't really talk about Prince the person without talking about blackness in a way that I feel like I am not an authority on and so I can't don't want to tell you like about Prince and like gender and sexuality and blackness and all these things that I feel like honestly like what I know about is like you know like punk stuff and like metal stuff and like being a dirtbag and a hesher and like weird movies you know what I mean and luckily for you and luckily for me Prince made a weird movie right because Purple Rain is fucking weird um it's like it's hard in some spots like he decided in his first movie that he was gonna deal with like the intergenerational cycle of abuse like the ways that you know um we learn our shit from our parents and how like they're Prince made a movie dude where he fucking like hits Apollonia the the female character in the movie like he takes a swing at her like more than once um which is like you know we think about these celebrity like vanity projects or like movies that people make as like things that are going to be like you know uh make somebody look flawless make somebody look perfect and like I will talk about this but the music scenes are fucking astounding like they're I freak out when I watch the the live performances in this movie but um like it's weird the the tonal stuff that's going on like Prince is cruel for a lot of this movie like his character the kid who is one of the only characters in the movie who is not share a name with the actor or actress who portrays that character um the kid is like I I don't want to like throw around the word sociopath lightly because I feel like being a sociopath is a serious thing but he's kind of a sociopath like he like the way that he flirts is super cruel and he's really mean to all of his band members and like um really mean to the woman that he's trying to date and um you know it's a story about like spoiler it's a story about a young man who comes from an abusive household and like finds himself perpetuating that cycle of abuse and figures out how to break that cycle like decides to do the work to break that cycle which like is what I am looking for in a movie dude like when I talk about the culture that we live in and how toxic that shit is what I always say is like we have so many movies in which you know there's a a shitty father right who's like divorced from his mom and the mom has custody of the kids and like she's married to this new guy who's a decent father and like the shitty dad is the protagonist and what he does is like in order to get his kids back he like doesn't work on his like substance abuse or like his abusive behaviors or whatever like he doesn't work on his own shit I guess 
I want to withdraw that substance abuse comment because I feel like it's actually rare that that's like well, maybe that's what's going on I don't fucking know you know what I mean I don't want to be judgmental about people's substance abuse but I want to be judgmental about the fact that we have a lot of movies in which bad fathers win back their wife and kids by murdering aliens instead of working on their shit, right? Like, that is a plot we see all the time. I've touched before on this podcast on the idea of, like, the superficiality of the conflicts that we see in movies fucking us up and, like, giving us no tools for actually dealing with real conflict and also, like, giving us false expectations about what conflict in life will be. And to some extent, Purple Rain does that, right? Like, we don't actually see Prince doing, like, a ton of work on... Sorry, we don't actually see the kid doing a ton of work on his, like, abusive behaviors, right? But we do see him realize that he's fucking up, right? And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, like he plays the song Purple Rain and that's sort of like the killing of the aliens to make everything better in this movie although that's like unfair that's that's a pretty harsh way to put it um because he realizes that he's been behaving inappropriately right and he like learns to be sympathetic to his father which I, I feel like is like a huge uh component like forgiveness like figuring out how to forgive or at least understand the people who have treated us poorly can be like a really valuable tool or like part of the process of learning not to perpetuate the behaviors that we learned growing up um I also should admit that uh this was the second time I watched this movie the first time I watched this movie I was stoned as fuck and I could not understand any character's motivations um like I really struggled to follow the movie when I was high and watching it recently I you know the motivations of many of the characters at a lot of the times in this movie are still pretty unclear like uh again that doesn't have to be a flaw right like what the fuck is the motivation of anybody in elves right or like even that pinnacle of cinematic accomplishment the sleepaway camp trilogy right like Angela just is pissed at people because they're terrible like I guess that is a motivation like she's an angry trans girl that's a real motivation um and like characters kind of switch sides like the Apollonia is dating somebody and then she's like sort of maybe dating somebody else it's like kind of unclear the like interpersonal mechanics but you can figure it out like you can understand what the movie is trying to convince us is happening and honestly when the time that I watched it when I was super stoned was when I I had this revelation I was like oh this is literally a movie about a like young man who comes from an abusive background who finds himself starting to be abusive and like changes that behavior um but I'm sticking with it like I feel like that was actually what Prince was trying to do in this movie was to show that process and um you know, also to show how, like, his fucking band, The Revolution, in 1984, whenever the fuck this movie came out, was, like, the most astoundingly perfect musical accomplishment in human history. Like, I don't know how to tell you about how perfect the live music scenes in this are. The fucking... I, like... I turned on the movie, and I I was, like, making some notes so I didn't forget to talk about shit on this podcast, and, like, the first thing I wrote was, like what did I write? Like, I'm freaking out or something? Like, I just kept writing, like, I want to LARP this. Like, everybody's outfits are so fucking amazing and everybody looks so fucking cool and everybody in the club, like, there's, like, tons of people of color. There's, like, tons of, like, punkers and goths and, like, some of the people of color are punkers and goths and some of them are just, like, kind of, you know, not wearing, like, stupid outfits but, like, still present. It's just, like a pretty amazing looking crowd scene and Prince's band is astounding and just like 
the fucking, like, this is not usually my shit, right? Like, choreographed dancing, I'm like, that's cool, I guess I can appreciate that in theory, but for whatever reason, like, when the revolution is, like, just, like, you know, kind of stepping to the side in unison, or, like, when Prince's fucking, like, points his guitar upward and then spins around really fast, it's just, like, the sickest fucking shit I've ever seen. Um, and, like, the, like dudes who play keyboards and drums in his band are kind of like dorky looking like one is always dressed as a doctor and wearing kind of like weird makeup but like it doesn't matter like they're so fucking cool and Wendy and Lisa the guitar player and the other keyboard player are like dykes in real life and I guess that doesn't come up but like that rules and guitar player who's always wearing like no pants and like you know like garter belt stockings is playing this purple Rickenbacker that I would like I would murder somebody to own that guitar like it's it's just we talk about coolness sometimes and I feel like coolness is often busted and coolness is probably often busted in this scene like in this movie as well but honestly like it's so fucking cool that it's hard for me to be like here's my critique of this when they're just like the coolest looking band in the whole world and for whatever reason that sound that they put together that like Prince was the architect of like it's just like it does something to my heart dude it like I flip out like they do Let's Go Crazy as the opening song which is the first song on the soundtrack and then when that song ended and the next song which is I don't remember which is the next song but like when like I'm used to listening to the album and not watching the movie and so when they finished Let's Go Crazy and they don't just like bust into the next song I was like ah like I heard the first song in this album and I was like super stoked to listen to the next like eight songs on this album all in a row and like you know, honestly, I feel like if I was going to propose a rule about movies that we could name after me, it would be something like no movie needs to be longer than 80 minutes. Um, and this movie is almost two hours and would really have benefited probably from being 80 minutes, just like every other movie would benefit from being 80 minutes long. Um, like, it drags. It gets hard as it goes on. There's some, like... How to talk about it? Um just like the plot gets complicated and Prince is dealing with like like the love story between the kid and Apollonia and like the love triangle with uh, Morris Day from the time and Apollonia and the kid um, it's like weird and not super like compelling I guess I don't know it's fine you gotta have a plot for a movie right and like I'm not gonna lie Prince made three movies that were like movies with plots and one concert film and like even though the live shit in this movie is like the best live music shit in the world I don't feel super compelled to watch the concert film that he made I forget what it's called um but I like hope you're ready to hear about two more Prince movies on this podcast because fuck yes um and he wrote and directed and like did all the work on all the other movies like he didn't write this one but he wrote and directed the other one so I'm I'm pretty stoked to watch them. I think they're going to be good. Um, So, what else can I tell you about this movie? Um, It's fucking intense. It's so weird. There's, like, I don't know. I guess the thing on this podcast is that I just tell you everything that happened and we don't stress about spoilers. Um, His dad, like... So, the kid is, like, a musician and he's popular. And ostensibly, the plot of the movie is that this guy owns a bar, this guy who wears a lot of, like, pretty great velour, like, running suits or jumpsuits, or not jumpsuits, like, tracksuits, maybe, owns a bar, and he's got three slots in the bar, and 
the revolution, the kids band the revolution has one of the slots and Morris Day and the time have this other, have one of the other slots. And there's a third slot, like slots, like three bands play every night. Right. Um, the third slot, like one of the reasons that it's complicated is because the the owner is like, okay, so the kid and the revolution, like y'all are not bringing in the kind of like numbers that you used to be bringing in. So like, um, maybe I'm going to kick you off, especially since so like, the revolution's enemy band is the time this band the time um and the singer morris day from the time is like i'm gonna put together a girl group and then like this girl group i'm gonna have them like get like profit from this girl group and have them like take the slot that the kid and the revolution are taking and the time are like super mean to the revolution all the time and um like morris day doesn't give a fuck about the kid like he calls him a homophobic slur at one point it's kind of hard um but there are three slots and it seems like the third slot like maybe rotates like maybe Morris Day's girl band that he's putting together which winds up being uh, the Apollonia 6 which has three members one of whom is Apollonia Um, they wind up performing but how was I how was I talking about this the point is just like there are three slots and we're talking about the time the revolution and the Apollonia 6 right like they're, they're the the kid doesn't need to get his band kicked off in order for Morris Day to have his girl band make him this money right and I think he might be rich it's unclear to me whether Morris Day is rich in this movie but I think I'll say more about that in a little bit my point is just there is like a third band at one point and they're this weird band I don't know what they're called but they do this song about wanting to be a mountaineer I think um which is a weird thing to do a song about and he says like I want to be a mountaineer over and over and over in the song it's like it's pretty bizarre um and like why not kick that band out like who the fuck is that band you know what I mean um so that's one of the things that's hard about the plot um Apollonia has just gotten to town she like gets a job at the club and um then like a bunch of shit happens whatever who cares at one point at one point prince hits morris day uh with his motorcycle (laughs) he just like that's like don't hit people with your motorcycle like that's a dick move prince but prince does a lot of dick moves he's like super mean to apollonia he's like if you want to be in my band you have to purify yourself in lake minnetonka so she like gets naked and jumps in the lake and then he's like that's the wrong lake like I, I don't know why like you thought I was implying that you should go in that lake but now you're like wet and then he does the fucking thing where like you you know when somebody's gonna get in your car or on your motorcycle and they open the door and they're about to get in and then you just like lurch forward like two feet and then they can't get in he does that to her after she's all soaked like so many times on his motorcycle like I don't I don't want to do the thing where everyone is trans right but like it's some I'm a trans girl and I don't know how to interact with other human beings type of shit. Like, I don't know. It's weird. He's, like, cruel to her. And they end up getting together. She ends up buying him a cool guitar. Um, Morris Day, from the time, is friends with this guy, Jerome. Or maybe he employs Jerome. It's unclear. I bet somebody could clarify this for me. Um, But he's got this dude, Jerome, who is his, like... I want to say his valet like I don't know if they say what his role is but Jerome just kind of like follows him around and is like a servant but also they seem to be like best friends and like I mean honestly this is sick as fuck at one point the time is performing and like Morris Day does this fucking great dancing like he's got these 
long, like, skinny uh, blazers that he wears. And he does this dancing where he's, like, moving his hips and he's kind of, like, moving his legs. But he's got his arms, like, kind of back into the sides and not really moving in this way. That's just, like, so fucking cool looking. And while he's doing that, uh, Jerome, like, will, like, come up with a mirror. Like, a full-length mirror or, like, a two-foot-tall mirror. And let Morris Day just, like, check out his look in the mirror to make sure that everything's doing good and, like, Jerome will, like, pick lint off Morris's shoulders and he, like, drives him around and, um, he, like, brings him the expensive champagne that Morris Day wants him to bring at one point. Like, he just, like, bosses Jerome around all the time in this way that, like, um, how to talk about this. One of the notes that I've written that I wrote while I was watching the movie was about, it just said like masculinity in this movie and then three question marks because I like don't know what to say about masculinity in this movie, right? Like it's amazing. It's like so fucking great. And so like the temptation is to be like, oh, it's like a gay thing or like, oh, it's like a 24 seven, like sub Dom thing or something that is like Morris and Jerome's relationship. But I don't think that's it. And I think that impulse might also be like kind of racist and like kind of fucked up about like male friendships. Like I think that is a culture that has taught me busted norms about masculinity and maleness speaking through me more than like what I actually believe or want to believe because they're like totally having fun with it right and like the the flip side right is that like prince prince is masculinity like i am not the person to talk to you about it. that's some complicated shit but what i will tell you is that in his bedroom right he's got all these like like pegasus figurines and like porcelain like harlequin harlequin masks and just like it's there's like so much explicit 80s femininity going on in prince's thing in this way that like Another reason that I, I'm reluctant to be like, oh, this is a trans narrative or, like, Prince is, like, non-binary gender, what, 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 is that, like, there should be fucking, there should be room for that in, like, being a dude, right? Like, I don't feel like, like, on the one hand, I want everybody to be a trans woman because there's not enough trans woman representation, but on the other hand, I also want for men to be able to, like, dress like Prince, right? And, like embrace things like fucking you know all the candles that he has in his room and like the like little like wooden boxes of trinkets and shit like there's it's just like it's complicated it's weird it's like prickly right like what I feel like I get from this movie is a thing that I get from Prince too which is that it's like really prickly it's not easy answers right he's like I'm gonna engage with questions about like abuse right and like control and portray myself as kind of an asshole and then also like in the middle of a scene where his band is being like dude the kid like you treat us like shit and you can't keep treating us like shit he like has this little like monkey dracula puppet that he like pops out of a like a weird like it's like inside of a cone thing and he like if he holds the cone with the open end upward and like pushes upward the like monkey dracula puppet comes out and Prince starts doing this, like, ventriloquism where he's, like, using his monkey Dracula puppet and doing this, like, squeaky-voiced ventriloquism to be cruel to his bandmates. And then they leave. They're like, you gotta stop being so mean to us. And they leave. And then he's, like, looking in the mirror and just keeps talking to himself, like, using ventriloquism with this, like, monkey Dracula puppet. Like in other movies when I've talked about like I don't know what this movie's moral system is like I don't know who gets like 
rewarded and who gets punished for their decisions, right? Like, I don't know, like, what this movie's morals are. Um, that's felt unsatisfying. That's felt, like, not confrontational. It's felt, like, just, like, a mess. Or, like, like being a dick in, like, a, an indefensible way. Like, in, <laughs> this movie's morals are a dick in an indefensible way. Whereas in Purple Rain, it feels like more challenging. It doesn't feel like... Because, right, like, when I guess I'm talking about Sleepaway Camp 5 specifically, where it's like, oh, this movie is an asshole. Like, I hate this movie. That's not what it feels like in Purple Rain. Like, this movie doesn't feel like it's an asshole. It, like, it feels kind of inept in a lot of ways, right? Like, it feels like, you know, it sags in parts and, like, you know, there, there are performances in this movie that, like, don't, probably don't convey what they are intended to convey. Um, but it's still, it feels like it adds up to this, like, prickly refusal to be boiled down to something that it's not. Like, it's, it's, like, being really, like, it's challenging in a way that is, like, can be hard to watch and is also awesome. Um, like, one of the threads that's going on in the movie is that Lisa and Wendy have this song that they've been working on for you know, for a while, and they, like, try to, like, slip Prince a tape of it, and he won't listen to it, and they're always, he's always like, I don't want to do your music, like, why the fuck would we do your music, like, I hate your music, right, which is, like, so mean, and what happens over the course of the movie, and they do a great job of foreshadow, like, so what happens over the course of the movie is that Prince, like, listens to this tape a few times, and you hear it, and it's the chords to Purple Rain, but, like, Prince is going to do an interpretation of it, at one point he plays them on an acoustic piano, and it's, like, just this, like, super beautiful, like, four bars of Purple Rain of Prince playing on an acoustic piano in his basement, right? Um, the movie, of course, climaxes with the live performance of Purple Rain, which is, like, one of the greatest things human beings have ever accomplished, right? Like, that song is fucking... I don't even have words. It's so perfect. It, like, is awesome, and then, like, it changes to a different part, and it's astounding, and then it changes to that part where the guitar lead, like, slows down and plays that melody that's, like, just, like, it's... it's It fucks me up how good that song is. And what they do in this movie is they do such a great job of foreshadowing the fact that they're gonna, like, climax with Purple Rain. Like, they play that tape where you hear those chords like, I don't know, three or four times probably and every time you're like, dude, it's gonna be so good when they finally play Purple Rain at the end. And it is. Like, it's, it's done beautifully. The pacing of that and just, like, the foreshadowing and um, like what happens in that part of the movie, right, is Prince realizing, like, oh, fuck, like, I have been treating women like shit, right? Um, he realizes that he's been treating Apollonia badly, he realizes that he's been treating Wendy and Lisa badly, um, and I think what they communicate by him doing that, like, realizing that they've written this beautiful song and that he can really do something good with it, is to show, like, fuck, like, I am not the center of the world, right? Like, I actually need to learn to hear input from other people. Like, I can't just be this, like, solitary, like, lone hero man narrative thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, which, like, that, too, is a great thing to put into a fucking movie, right? Um, so, dude, I feel like my excitement about the things that I'm excited about in this movie are overriding the fact that, like, for much of the movie, it's kind of uncomfortable and, like, it goes on for too long, like, uh, but it's one of those things where it's, like, 
just exciting that it exists in the world? Like, how did this get made? Not, I guess that's that name of that podcast, right? Like, um, and it's usually in a kind of contemptuous way. You will ask that, right? How did this get made? When my feeling is more like it feels like, um, unlikely that we would get to have something so like prickly and weird and just like, again, dude, the, the live music sequences in this movie make up for like everything else that is like weird or frustrating about it. And I should also acknowledge that there's like, like, again, I feel like somebody who has a better context for talking about this stuff. I want to listen to their podcast about this movie because like, there's a scene where Jerome and Morris are like, they're like, trying to come up with a plan for like if one or both of them like a girl who is at the bar and so they do this super long who's on first routine where like they're gonna have a password I think where if like Morris likes a girl he's gonna say a word but they can't like figure out if the secret word is gonna be what or it and they just like go back and forth for so fucking long about what the password is gonna be and like they seem to be cracking each other up which like saves the whole thing like they're clearly having such a fun time doing that um so that's nice uh there's a part where I think Jerome throws a woman in a dumpster for Morris which is like less good um there's what else I feel like there's more stuff I wanted to talk about I don't know this has gone on for long enough you get my point just like Dude, fucking... I don't know. I hope that you're stoked to hear about the sequel, Graffiti Bridge, which Prince wrote and directed in the next episode of this podcast. That's a dick holes. That's it. Image and Benny on Twitter. This song is by People Watching. That other song was by Gorgon. Fuck capitalism. Fuck your internalized colonizer mindset. It's gonna keep me from waiting out. See ya. Alright, dude, let's do the fucking three disc Blu ray special edition director's cut fucking bonus content round. Because here's the thing um, I was thinking about how. In the first part of this podcast, I was like, you know, like, the the performance of Purple Rain is like a deus ex machina, kind of like, this is how Prince redeems himself, and I kind of left it as a joke, um, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, actually, like, let's talk about Purple Rain, because my initial thought, right, when I was still pretty attached to this hypothesis that it's a story about a young man who has decided to break that cycle of, like, abuse of, like, power and control, I was thinking, like, what he does in Purple Rain is this beautiful thing, right? Like, 
those lyrics are super sweet and innocent. He's like, all I ever wanted was to be your friend. Like, I didn't want to steal you from another. It's like powerful and it's sort of almost like childlike emotional you know directness right he's like I fucked up like I had good intentions but like I see now that like I didn't do it right like I've kind of been an asshole um but then I was listening to the album like I listened to the whole album earlier today and I was like as I got to the the and like it's weird right to listen to that album and have this like mostly like pretty celebratory and like alien and just like astoundingly like produced like every instrument sounds so fucking good dude I was thinking about I was listening to it I was like dude if my guitar sounded like that like I would be afraid to play it like his guitar sound is so fucking when he's playing the solos on this album it's like more perfect than I could ever like even hope to imagine having a guitar sound like right it's like amazing but I was listening to the song Purple Rain and the third verse is like intense dude like the third verse he's like you know um I only want you to like close your mind and let me lead you to the purple rain right like which made me realize oh actually the whole song is very much from the first person right it's Prince saying I did this I only wanted that like I did this in a way that doesn't really it's not necessarily super accountable and so what I realized listening to that third verse was that like I think what the movie ends with and then it doesn't end with that song right there's two more songs that are like that are pretty celebratory after Purple Rain um but I was like oh did Prince actually sneak in a thing where this is a really pessimistic ending is he saying like I like the character of the kid who is kind of unlikable is actually going to perpetuate this cycle of violence like did I just misinterpret that the first time I watched this movie because I had really good intentions because I was high on weeds um and I was thinking about it more and he's like you know packing up the music that his dad wrote and really being like I've like made my peace with my dad in this way that like you can kind of read one of two ways you can read it as like the process of healing or you can kind of read it as like I guess making that piece is probably part of the process of healing. I guess my point is just, I wanted to come back. I wanted to (laughs) do more fucking podcast about this shit because, um, what initially seemed to me to be a pretty optimistic story about a kid who is like perpetuating that cycle of abuse may actually be a much more like pessimistic or grim story about that shit. Um, which makes it feel even more like prickly and just like, intense to have these super celebratory like just like I said earlier like amazing musical performances that make you feel so fucking stoked right and so like is this a critique of asshole rock stars like is that what Purple Rain is Oh 
Let me guide you to the purple rain. 